Hey, good morning. It's December 18th. This is Water's Edge Church. Really glad you're with us today. We had a concert today as well as uh, have a short word for you. And we'll be reading the Magnificat by Mary in Luke's Gospel. Luke chapter 1, verse 46 through 56. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. And to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months, and then she returned home. Amen. Amen. It is Christmas time, and one of my memories is of my own mother, whose name is Mary, every Christmas would play the piano a bit more than usual. And I remember sitting on the orange carpet, just listening to her play Silent Night, which is the only carol that I have memorized, and one I still sing to my kids. That song, Silent Night, happens to be the goat, in my humble opinion, the greatest of all time. My question for you all is what is your greatest of all time Christmas song. What is your greatest of all time? What's the GOAT? And follow up, what, what is the GOAT Christmas album? Take a moment just to think about that. And whatever you choose, I will not hold it as gospel. God does give us preferences, even if some are more accurate than others. See, song is an amazing form of art. It, 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 if you've been traveling with us, we've been talking about art and creativity on Sundays during Advent. In fact, our series has been called The Art of Adventing, Celebrating the Maker and Mender of Creation. Advent, which is Latin for Adventus, which means arrival or coming, and it's, it celebrates this time, celebrates the Creator coming into creation. Jesus is our maker and our mender. And through his life, death, and resurrection, he recreates us, we who believe. He's recreated us to participate in his kingdom purposes by creating beauty around us. We are created to create. And I want to celebrate, and you didn't hear him if you're listening to this, but they are musicians today. They're amazing. And I just think as we think about art and we think about music, it's wonderful that this time of year we take four or five weeks to return to these songs, these, carol, these carols that celebrate God's goodness, these songs that somehow have a way to transcend popular culture. And that's what I want us to think about. What is it about these songs that makes, makes them timeless? What makes our favorite carols timeless? Despite the changes in pop culture, they transcend time. So what makes our favorite carols timeless, and really what makes art timeless? Because what, what's essentially the essence of these songs that, that make this art so timeless? And today I want to look at arguably the first Christmas carol, 
Uh, it's the, one of the first of ancient hymns found in Luke's Gospels. It's Mary's Magnificat, which was read by um, Alicia in church, uh, but the original composer would be Mary, Jesus' mom. And it's, it's one of the most famous songs in Christianity. It's set to the music of trumpets and kettle drums by Bach. It's a song that's the gospel before the gospel. It's about who God is and, and really about revolution. And as Jesus' mom sings, themes will arise that'll help us reflect on what makes our favorite carols timeless. And the first theme, as we reflect on this briefly today, is timeless carols, they profess saving truth. Timeless carols profess saving truth. Mary says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. There are a lot of views about what truth is today. And some say they don't believe in truth. They make statements like, hey, there is no absolute truth, which is a bit odd because that's an absolute statement. It's saying the absolute truth is that there's no absolute truth, which becomes a bit of a self-refuting rabbit hole. But philosophy aside, I believe many of us are resistant to truth because it's been absent of God's grace. When we hear truth, particularly from the church or in the church, a couple of messages that have either been stated and or received seem to be something like the following. I'm up here and you're down there. You're bad and I'm good. Get it together, get your life in order, or you stink. You're a blockhead, Charlie Brown. And that, that's, not, that's not the gospel truth. Especially that that's not what's been celebrated in these songs. It's not what Mary's celebrating. So what is the biblical truth that these carols profess? The truth is, it's not I'm better, it's not you stink. It's that we all need help. And help is here with us. Help is here with us. We all need help. The best songs, the best art, media, paintings, they contain essences of, of needing help or of being helped or helping others. They convey this idea that help is available. The gospel truth is that we all need help. Me, you, everyone. When we look at Advent, Besides Jesus, we will likely walk with Mary the most during this season. And, and last week we've been studying art and we studied some different paintings and I just want to present to you Henry Asawa's Annunciation. It's a painting we, we sacredly studied last night, we prayed over last week. And, and however you view Mary, it's noteworthy that of all the New Testament people, she's one of the, if not the first, to say yes to God's plan of salvation and, and thus makes the whole thing really possible. She says yes. She sees that God is helper and she's going to need God's help. What else is noteworthy is that God does, God moves, does not move forward without Mary's consent. See, the Lord's actions, they're meant to work with us, not against us. And this is who God is. He's not going to force himself on us. But the truth is, we're going to need God's help. Even Mary talks about God helping her in this song. 
My soul rejoices in God my Savior, for he's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. He has done great things for me. He's helped me. How do you need help? What areas in life need help? God wants to help, but we have to ask for it. We have to look inside and admit our need for help. We all need it. I need it. The world needs it. And as James Baldwin famously said, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing is unchanged until we face it. Nothing is changed until we face it. So what are the areas that we need to face and recognize our need for help? We think it's weak to ask for help, but one of the strongest things we can do is say, I need help. I need help. We think about Mary. She's probably 12, 13 years old, maybe 14, 15 at the greatest. I mean, this is an economically oppressed, unwed, young teenager who will be entering into what will be a radically difficult situation. But she knows God is helper. She knows that God is Savior. She has saved her and will continue to save her. And when we say God, yes to God, he not only saves us, but we're saying yes to you continuing to save us, God. We are going to need your help as we walk every day. She says yes, and therefore she creates this song because she knows God's with her. And she creates a song as she and the Holy Spirit creates our Lord in her womb. What makes our favorite carols timeless? The second note is this. First is that it professes saving truth and carols proclaim redemptive goodness. The second note is timeless carols proclaim redemptive goodness. What is redemptive goodness? Well, it's mercy, it's justice, it's a soul being redeemed by God, it's a world being restored to one another. It's the acknowledgement of what biblical goodness truly is. And what is goodness? Goodness is this, that we all have dignity, and so many need to be shown this. Goodness is that we all have dignity, and so many need to be shown this. The best songs, the best art contain these colors of goodness. They have textures of truth, colors of goodness. Whereas harmfulness or divisive creativities uh, show this idea of division and being against one another. See, goodness is being for others, and our creativities really take shape when the world knows that the church is, is not so much for God and in the world, but, but rather for the world and in God. That's the goodness of the church. We're not in the world for God, but we're for the world in God, in Christ. And the greatest art conveys this dignity that we all are made in God's image, and that we all have inherent dignity, and that those who do not have it or don't believe it or have not been shown that, that we would show them that. We would serve them in this way. When we sing, there's a, there's a kingdom unity that transcends culture, ethnicity, partisan lines. There's this deeper common unity that frees us to see others who need God's goodness. It says in Luke 151, Mary sings, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, and he has lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. It seems like there's actually people that God's against here. 
this, this idea of the proud, but I think what is true is that God in his redeeming goodness will allow others, those who refuse help as well as refuse to help, he'll allow them to, to, to enter into that inevitable place where they, they will call out on God for help. The question I have for us is, one, what is one way we can help? Part of art is hospitality, and we'll look at this, this creating space for others. And we'll look at this idea on Christmas Eve. But if you have space in your home, this can be one of the most base ways you can create by just thinking through who can stay here? What kind of space can I create for others? I'm increasingly believing that empty rooms with made beds behind closed doors is not God's desire for our homes. It's just not. Uh, Kids, you love sleepovers, right? My challenge for you is to ask your parents this question, how can we share this home with others and, and have big sleepovers? And parents, as we consider this, let's acknowledge our own kids' goodness as they as they have gifts that can be used for others. I think of my own kids, my daughter Caitlin's ability to design a home and fill it with song. That's good. Max's ability to build with his hands and, and to welcome others in. This is good. Delaney, she can create in the kitchen. She's also such a creative nurturer. That is so good. And then my youngest, Molly, she can create a party anywhere. Her ability to dance and sing and create joy is good. This is what we celebrate, God's redemptive goodness. What we celebrate is God's saving truth. And lastly, what makes our favorite carols timeless, they praise God's beautiful love. It's their loving beauty. It's their beautiful love. You see this, that it transcends generations. It passes on. Mary says that he has helped the servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham's descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. What makes something beautifully timeless? It's the love that any artist puts into your graph. It's, it's the artist whose love communicating love, whether it's baking, building, painting, writing, our creativities will carry on forever if our inspiration is God's love and beauty that we simply want to convey. It's, it's our art fueled by love that transcends generations in God's beautiful in mysterious ways. This is what beauty is. Beauty is the beloved conveying love through their craft. Beauty is truly the beloved conveying love through their craft. When we create beauty, we communicate love. It's just like the original artist Jesus. He's the author of creation. He makes beauty because he is beauty. He makes us beautiful and inspires us by his love. And we can create God's beauty by participating in his kingdom purposes. So this leads us to our final question that we've been asking throughout this series is in this new year, what art can you create for the sake of others? It's a question to think through. What art can we create for the sake of others? So many New Year's resolutions. We think we need to read more books, which are good. I actually think reading books is great. We think we need to watch more news, which I don't know is that good. It's good to be aware, but not to be sucked into the discipleship of cable news. We think we need to lose weight, which I believe in fitness. But I believe it's creating that fuels us for a life that is nourished by God's love 
as we create that takes us away from being consumers and becoming creators. So what art can you create for the sake of others? It's truth, goodness, and beauty. These are classically known as the transcendentals, and they find their fullest substance in Jesus. It's what we celebrate during Advent. The art is coming to creation so that we can create beside him. It's what Mary sings about in this famous first hymn. And so with that, let's sing some more songs and let's pray together. God, we know truth and beauty and goodness, they work in concert. Forgive us the times where we've made your truth ugly, when we've tried to create outside of your abilities, Lord. You made us your good work your masterpieces that you're carrying to completion. So help us, Jesus. God, we confess that truth with love, with loving beauty and justice. We want to prioritize our just with you, justice with you at the source, your goodness and creative ways that you've made us. May we shine your beauty as we seek to love well. And God, if there's anybody who doesn't know your beauty, your love, your goodness today, would they trust the truth of who you are and the grace that you offer? We love you, Lord, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.